Geek Shock. Geek Shock. McGruff here with Regina to say users are losers. You know I'm just getting some water. Okay. Oh. Phew. Can't sleep. Clown will eat me. It's first time through for that water, though, right? Huh? It's the first time through for the water, right? As far as it knows. He's water world it. Oh, yeah. As far as that water knows. What the hell are you bringing out DS for? Just to see if I got any hits. Any hits on your what? I got I've turned it on and oh, carried you it around. Your face on that, right? Yeah. Ooh, I got 600 steps. I got some points. Yeah, you're walking. Oh, you, I got some street passes. You know that's on your phone you too, right? You what? can just the the phone no, tracks your steps. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking it's, for it's, my it's pedometer. The street pad. The, if you walk by somebody that uh-huh. has a DS within a certain range, right? The DSs will talk to each other. You get bonuses for things, and okay, and various games get pluses. And oh, I, yeah, you get to build little puzzles and shit, and you get little friends. I, I thought it was that game with the uh, for the phone with the phones where you've got the whole. Wherever you're trying to capture territory by triangulating it. It's kind of like that. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I got some more steps, but I don't think I got any fucking... I never get street pass. I, I got I try, one. I, I work at a restaurant, and I try to bring the DS and leave it behind to right. catch any children that might run through out of the DS. You get I any? I get nothing. I, well, you know why? I'm so not- sad. I meant to bring it to that convention the other weekend, and I forgot it. I was so bummed. See, that's because that's a that good pace for street me pass. some street yeah. passes. You know, we're not getting hits for walking by people in here because nobody freaking walks in Vegas. Well, it's nobody true. walks nobody around with a powered up DS. Right. <laughs> the only street pass I've gotten was I was driving home from someplace and I must have passed somebody in a car. Right. Well, that technology is designed for the mass transit of Japan. It is. That's exactly what it is for. Yeah. And we just don't have that here. Yeah. And it's not a fair statement. It's not that nobody walks in Vegas. It's that. Nobody that has the money for a DS walks in Las Vegas. They just say it probably works real well in New York. Well, there's just not yeah. there's just not the mass transit. Exactly. We're great in New York. Yeah. Or Chicago even. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Boston. Or yeah. Yeah. Any of your major metropolitan areas. Wouldn't work in LA. Nope. Not really. Nope. That are not in Las Vegas. What? <laughs> Sorry, I swallowed a chunk of ice. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome folks. This is Geek Shock number two twenty five. I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. Eighties Jeff. I am fact checked Andy and Bonzo and Luddite all in one. Oh my God, they morphed. <laughs> a re- I, I don't verit- know what to think a about veritable that. Griffin. <laughs> a veritable Griffin of ass meat. And we're here to talk weekend geek Griffin of ass meat? Yes. <laughs> its head is made of ass meat. That is but a the worst. The tail is comprised of ass meat, while as the main body is ass meat. So it's a Griffin of going to reference meat. the Voyager episode Tuvix, where Tuvok and Neelix got <laughs> He was merged. a Griffin of ass meat. You know you're running out of Star Trek ideas when you start combining characters. You know what's sad, though? That was a good episode. Yeah, it was. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was actually a good you episode. You know what was so great about it? What? The, the, no. tu- the Tuvok part mellowed out the Neelix, so no he Neelix. wasn't as annoying. As <laughs> well, annoying. it wasn't Neelix. Yeah, he wasn't no. there. It wasn't that guy. Okay. God, that guy. <laughs> oh, God damn it, there goes my last nerve crawling up the wall. The guy that played Neelix? Or the yes. Guy that played... Okay. The guy that played Neelix. The guy that ham-fistedly swung at the character of Neelix. <laughs> the guy that <laughs> screamed his way through seven seasons of bullshit. What a fucking joke. <laughs> a fucking joke. Yeah, I recently watched one of those fan Star Trek shows uh-huh. on YouTube. 
There's the big one, the, the the one that was directed by the guy that played Tuvok. It was uh, oh, the us. Renegades. Uh, no, it wasn't Not Renegades. Renegades. It had uh, Chekhov in it. It had yeah. uh, Uhura in it. Uh huh. Are you sure that and wasn't? They Renegades? destroyed Vulcan again, yeah. and maybe it was. I don't even know. But that sounds but like it, Renegades. It started with the actor with that played Neelix. Oh boy. And it. What was he doing? And and it brings back Charlie X. Yeah, is that the one? I think so. What, what, was okay. he, he wasn't Neil. But, but he, no, he was play. But it was not, not very good. No, he's not good. <laughs> he's so, atrocious. So are you saying Neelix is the Jar Jar Binks of the Star Trek world? <laughs> I would almost say you know that Jar Jar Binks is better than Neelix. <laughs> Seven seasons of Voyager, but it is the same shit. Yeah, Ethan Phillips plays ne- Neelix. Uh, the only other thing I remember him being on before that was Benson. Other than like guest roles on like other oh, television shows. My God, I, I completely forgot it was in. Did Benson. I hear no, he's like just like he's like a professional clown or something like that? I that would might absolutely have make one hundred percent sense to me. Well, I mean, I could look that clowns up. Clowns but... perform in a goddamn vacuum. Not all of them. I'm not making a blanket statement here, but many clowns <laughs> kind perform of making a blanket in a statement goddamn there. vacuum. <laughs> I'm taking it back and saying not all of them, but many do. And that is the exact problem with watching his performances. He is so disconnected from everything else going on on that show. He is just in his own fucking zone. And if his zone was compelling or emotionally grounded in any way, great. But it's not. And I may, it just makes me want to pull my eyes out. I hate I hate it. He's so bad he ruins every scene he's in. And he's he's up against some decent performers. Yeah. And he is just shitting all over the whole set. Actually, I'm just sorry. Just draping uh, his butthole. Torgo, just letting I... it just flow out. Just, <laughs> here comes my acting. <laughs> I thought you were singing Afro Circus there for a second. Nope. I was looking up looking at his biography, it suddenly dawned on me that it was actually of Gods and Men that you watched. Yeah, that's the one I saw. But yes, it was Tim Russ. Gods and Men. I don't know. It doesn't say anything about clowns on here. Does it say anywhere in there about how he took acting back 500 years? Is there anything about that in there? After leaving Cornell, Phillips began his show Cornell. business career performing Note in Broadway and off-Broadway plays, <laughs> many different theaters. Uh, He's rotten. Performances. Want to like blah, him? Blah, blah. I remember seeing a picture of him in an interview somewhere where he was wearing a nine-inch nail shirt, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I could relate." And that, but I, I hadn't really, I wasn't really familiar with his ovu at that point. Jesus God, he's just terrible. He's just without redemption. Just without See, redemption. How do you feel about the man? He, I, I don't know the man. I don't. I'm telling you about his acting. I don't have the vitriol for the 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 man or the actor per se, <laughs> but the character of Neelix. God damn. Well, what there do was... you think is going on? Do you think that just comes out of nothing? It's the way he interprets that character. But just the the, the positions that they put that character in. It's just like is ninety percent of the time you're just like oh my god get off the screen stop ruining their trip home and <laughs> and and go away stop and then they'll do that home. one episode that makes him sympathetic that you actually you're like okay yeah I understand why this character is the way he is and then they go right back to making him the buffoon he almost had a chance but he's he's, he's so buffoon it's so stupid like there's an episode where his lungs get stolen. That, yeah, it was the first was, season. That was I, 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 I was watching that, that with some <laughs> hardcore, hardcore Star Trek fans who were watching every episode. And you know when it came out, 
And I was watching with him, and I burst out laughing when right. he goes, his lungs have been stolen. And right. he stared at me. I'm like, his lungs have been stolen. Come right, on. Right, right, Exactly. It is. It's, it's, it, they, it's clearly that those Trek writers were reading the, the kidneys in an ice bath story that was breaking at that time. That was right around that time. That was a big urban Deans. rumor. God, that so, was such a stupid race of characters. It's on all stupid. Yeah. Voyager is terrible. So, But that was, that was a really dumb thing. And then he's in that chamber... Yeah, we're in the isolation. And he almost acts. He almost does, but not quite. And I'm like, I'm, I was sitting there, and I was, and I was, I was watching with Anne because we were trying to get into it a little bit. We were trying to watch Voyager, and she was like, "I'll, I'll, t- I'll try Voyager because she really likes Janeway. She really does." And I was like, well, so, so "I'll try and watch some more Voyager." And I was like, "All right, we're going to start do your off impression for her? of of Janeway." Of Janeway. Yeah. I've almost done it three times in this story, but I don't know if I have the power to. <laughs> So, oh, check out! Oh, check out! Hey, oh, you are my rock. <laughs> Doing There's the no one else that I need. We have a check thousand Janeways in here, <laughs> Mister Neelix. Uh, so he's just he's just in the most vulnerable position, and he's still just cracking goofy and being real snitty and just dumb. And it's like, man, just get over it. Just stop. Just hang it up because you don't know what you're coming from. You don't know what your motivations are. I'm, I'll grant him he was written into some bullshit. Sure, sure, He was sure. written into some terrible, terrible bullshit. But the worse your character, the more bullshit people are going to write for you. I did not watch a ton of the Voyager episodes, but I know that every moment the Doctor was on, I kind of love that. Right. Because that's what happened. That's what happened. The Doctor... They they all they, like you go back and watch the interviews and them writing all this stuff. They thought Neelix was this breakout superstar character they come up with, and it turns out the Doctor is the one that everybody cares about because Robert Picardo is an actor. Love him or hate him, yeah, he knows how to perform, and he gave as a as a computer construct, he gave a more human uh, performance than Neelix. Ever did well. It's the same Pinocchio role they built three of the series around. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he also had the Vulcan. He was he was the Vulcan of the ship in a way. The emotionless. Even, uh, even yeah, they had that's, the Vulcan. That's, that's yeah, what he's. That's what he's referring to. Well, you know, yeah, you had. But, I mean, you had Spock in the original series. Spock, you had Data in the next gen. Data. And, yeah. But I mean, you so didn't he was, really he was both. He was have combo. that so much in DS Nine. Yeah. He was the combo. He was a he was a, a machine and a and a Vulcan. 15 years later, I'm just realizing Black Falcon. Yeah. Black Falcon. It's Thunderbolt. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. I think possibly the only worst episodes with Neelix were the Neelix Naomi Wildman. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's more, there's more gross weirdness going on. It's it's so bizarre. I know you're only three, Cassidy. Naomi Wildman was the kid. The kid that was born on the ship. Okay, I never and, got that far. Okay. No, wait. Oh, I'm thinking Kess. No, I'm no. Sorry. Well, because Kess, Kess, Kess left was, early on, so yeah, it she, really wasn't that. You know that. what? You know what's so funny? She didn't want to be on the show anymore. I'm like, I'm like that that woman knew what was up. Yeah. She was off of that ship in a minute. They also wrote that character. I remember the first few episodes. I remember they wrote that character with a with a ticking time bomb. Yeah, she, she had, had a, like a three. She was a three-year lifespan, yeah. and like at year like four, they're like, she's like, well, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. good for her. Yeah, right. 
So aside from hating Neelix, anything you do this week you want to get off your chest, Jelvin? <laughs> I, I think the only thing I did that was close to nerdy was I went to see Blue Man Group, and that was uh, pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have a the current uh, iteration uh, thereof. Yeah, new sh- new iteration at the uh, Monte Carlo. Monte now, Carlo. Right? It's a really cool theater, really cool show. Good time. If you're in town, go check it out. It's a great, exciting, fun performance for the whole family. A couple things I, I didn't understand how they did. Now, that always impresses me. Right. Um, I didn't understand how they were moving those balls in the beginning. Hey, well, um, this is something that Andy has struggled with his exactly. whole life. Exactly. Oh, no, and you've, the you've seen movement it. You of know balls. this full of ball jokes. It's because yeah. Paul is the master of moving balls. <laughs> but I, what I didn't know, because I got there a little early, is that you know, happening in Vegas and you want to have a free show, just go to the Monte Carlo at about 6.15 and the freaking parade walks through the whole uh, casino with you know 15 guys drumming in this crazy, you know, Electric light orchestra parade with mm-hmm. glowing lights. And Literally weirdness. drumming up business. Literally. hey oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. What else you got, gentlemen? Oh, shit. Did I do anything worth a damn this week? I was busy. This is the week of not, not worth a damn. Well, I had so much nerdy shit last week. That you decided to take a break? And I spent all my money. <laughs> yes. So I'm just kind of sitting around broke and happy. Um, what did I do? I I I'll have to. Th- I I couldn't get. Oh oh oh! oh well, oh. I had uh, really great improvisers come into town. The Bearded Men out of Minneapolis, wonderful group. Uh, they let me play with them, sit in on their set uh, that we had at the Improv Kingdom Monday night. Went really great last night. So much fun. Big thank you to those guys for coming out. And they even did a workshop for us on Sunday. Some of our local uh, improv people took. It was great. Um. Yeah, man, it's been it's been good. Oh, and uh, and and did an improv show, the Improv Aces show. That's uh, the thing that uh, we're pushing. Go ahead if you haven't yet. Uh, check out if you've liked the Ugly Couch Show on Facebook. Why don't you go ahead and like the Improv Kingdom and the Improv Aces? Myself, Matt Donnelly, Kim Fabel, and Eric Jeffers, uh, with the help of Jason Outlaw and many of his friends and family are putting together this really cool show, a short form improv show. And we did it downtown and it went great guns. And hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll have a regular weekend show downtown so that next time you guys are in town, fans of the show can actually come and see the famous Paul be the famous Paul downtown in Las Vegas Getting paid to do improv again, finally, after a I saw a show you did a few years ago at some, was it Nacho Daddy's? Yes. Where you sort of jumped in at the last second because somebody dropped out or something, and you were up there with Matt. Mm -hmm. Were were either of these guys in the show now, the ones who were up there with you and Matt that time? No. Okay. That was good. Oh, that was good. That was was some outside-of-town guests that we did kind of another, yeah, yeah. So that wasn't was, they dropped out? They didn't show up. Yeah, no, that was okay. that was fun. That was a fun. That was Eli was there, and uh, um, who else was there? Um, Jim and a couple other guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, Eli Newell is a friend. He's put together this new project. That's another thing you can go on Facebook and check out, or on Kickstarter where he's got his project going. It's called "Don't Kill Eli." Again, don't kill Eli. So what he's done is he's put together this travel show where he is going to go around the world. His next destinations are going to be dictated by votes from the followers of the show. So it's a little frightening. It's yeah, exactly. So it's it, it they're going to choose where he has to go and explore 
as he goes on this journey. So he's done some some early test uh, footage stuff. He's got you know the Kickstarter cooking, and he's getting there. He's almost funded through. And didn't Penn Sunday School end up in Wyoming that way or something like that? They had it uh, a yeah, fan uh, vote. Yeah, they had it outside uh, the show sounds for dangerous. a while. Wyoming seems like on the if you're giving people the option of anything, Wyoming seems like the. You know, I the, the I remember when they were doing that in the show, and they were actually looking forward to it, hoping that they would win there. So Wyoming, right, but, but they were saying, glad for it. But I'm saying Eli, you know, they could send him to friggin', you know. Well, they already did that that thing with the Walmart, wasn't it, and Pitbull, where they sent him to Alaska, or right. they were supposed to send him yeah, to Alaska, and he backed out. Did he back out? I thought he went. I don't know. I think he went. There were pictures of Mr. him. Mr. Worldwide, not yeah. going to yeah. Alaska. He went. He went. <laughs> and Dolly. And podcasts remind me of something went. else geeky I did. I finished listening to all of the uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour podcasts. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've really taken a welcome to Night Vale. Have you podcast? heard this podcast? No. It is a... A horror podcast? A treat. Uh, I would say more of a bizarro story podcast. It's got a real creepy factor, but a strong humor factor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome, welcome to Night Vale. Welcome to Night Vale. Okay, I'm putting uh, this on my list. That sounds good. It's done as if it is a radio announcer giving kind of a community calendar for this community in Arizona, small town, where the lights over the Arby's are just an accepted thing. That the strange happens in this town all the time, but it's just the way this town works. Mm. Oh, I like this. So it, it has a very Cthulhu-esque vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a town that accepts that it has a Cthulhu-esque vibe. Like right. Wobegon meets the X-Files. Uh, yeah. Sure. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I'd love to have Garrison Keillor take on the role of Fox Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were here when I said this before, but I, w- I was listening to the uh, the Canadian Garrison Keillor thing that we were making fun. And God damn, it got hard to listen to for a while after you did that. I finally got past it, and I can enjoy it again. <laughs> Oh, just because I put him on the spot and told because, you his fucking secrets? Because it's a bunch your, of bullshit. Your impression was so dead on. Well, it's oh, it's garbage. No, I, I I I don't agree with that. But I but uh, you did. If definitely that man have gets that paid dollar one, I am enraged. It's people. I could it's spew that out for decades. If he's paid? making any money off this thing, the, I don't know. I can't remember. It's Canadian. Uh, it's Canadian. It's, oh, it's, that, oh, yeah, yeah. The Vinyl the, Cafe. The, the, Hey everybody! Welcome Stuart to the Vinyl McLean. Cafe. I'm Stuart McLean, and this is the Vinyl Cafe. We're here. We're gonna spin records, and we're gonna listen to them only if it's okay with you. Because if it's not, then I'm not gonna do it. I got respect for the community. Why, well, as you should too. Dan had an accident and chopped his penis off. <laughs> chopped his whole penis off right there on the floor. Nan kicked it across the table. Dan said, hey, Nan, you kicked my penis. It was a dark Christmas. <laughs> That's not where I was expecting yeah. it Did to you, go. Uh, have you listened all. to Hadron Gospel, Hadron Gospel Hour yet? Nope. Okay. Because I've, I've caught up on that, too. There's only six or seven episodes. There's a live episode where they, they were uh, recording at a comic shop in Boston, and I'm pretty sure I hear my brother laughing in it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, if you don't have anything else, I guess it. It's a slow news day. you don't give a shit about. Oh boy, here it comes. This week actually have more than one oh. piece, so oh. it's a it's a busy little week. Oh, good, There's all sorts of things going we didn't on. Bring out nothing. There. Uh, let's see. Uh, first, we're gonna start with the uh, the sad tale of John R. Morales. 
uh, John Ormorales, an uh, actor who played McGruff the Crime Dog. You remember oh, McGruff yeah. the Crime Dog? He did yes. the voice. Take a bite out of crime. That guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just quoted that the other day, too, yeah. at Every- work, and somebody was like, what? Everyone's favorite crime fighting bloodhound. Uh, this week, Morales was sentenced to 16 years in prison for a bizarre arrest in Galveston, Texas from 2011. He'd been charged for illegal possession of 1,000 marijuana plants, 27 weapons, including a grenade launcher, and 9,000 rounds of ammunition. <laughs> U.S. Judge Vanessa Gilmore, upon delivering McGruff slash Morales' sentence, confirmed that the bizarre charges seemed to indicate, quote, everything I read about you makes you seem like a scary person, unquote. Uh, even Time magazine is alarmed by the downfall of the trench coat wearing sleuth, pointing out that, ironically, it was a dog that led to Morales' capture. A drug-sniffing canine alerted police to his not only not only his enormous stash of marijuana, but also his grenade launcher. Wow, that sort of pegs the ironometer up to 11. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. <laughs> Take a bite of out of crime. Just not mine. I've got my own thing going on. <laughs> wow. Uh, does it say how old this guy was? Uh, no, but I can't imagine he's a young man. I was going to say 16 Well, how old is he in dog years? <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I, I've seen McGruff here in town, so it's got to be, it's got to be, like, it's got to be like, it's got to be like Ronald McDonald's, like they they hire some poor actor. To, well, of course, it's not the same. <laughs> what I'm saying is, For Christ's sakes, what I'm what saying you, is, does this? Yeah, there's only up? one Chuck E. Cheese. Does this screw what it up? Ass. What does this screw it up for everybody doing the yeah, job? Does everybody co- lose their course. job because of this guy? Of course, yeah. I don't think McGruff is that popular anymore. <laughs> You probably saw him win. When did you last see McGruff? Probably because uh, crime probably is so rampant now. now. Probably on the strip taking pictures for tips. No, I saw him about six months ago at a uh, opening of a fire station. Or a fire station. There's one McGruff was it costume at, was it, was he, around Vegas. Was it a fire station or was he just at a fire hydrant? You understand, I write for the local section of the paper. I know what so you So I'm do. seeing all the bake sales and all the... All the open firehouses and, and McGruff yeah. visits so, the classroom. So McGruff, I, I am in the I am working in the McGruff demographic. So McGruff is still a thing. You know, I don't know. I bet it doesn't have any impact. It probably on the doesn't. character because it shouldn't. It's not. That's that's beyond him. I mean, that that yeah. sure that voice was big in the mid to late '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't really seen a McGruff commercial since. Maybe I'm not watching the right channels. You're possible. not watching terrestrial TV. That's good point too. Yeah. The only times that I've seen McGruff that I can recall of late, he's been in a still format. I haven't seen him animated for a long time. I've seen like maybe they'll, they'll put up a, a you know a slide like of him, I like, just a slide of him pointing and like or in a corner of like like along with. You know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving and Dare and McGruff is just kind of in there in the background. He just Smokey Bear and all those motherfuckers. Yeah, grenade launcher. Grenade launcher, ready to go, firing on Smokey Bear. I like the idea of the union of McGruffs. Like there's like McGruffs Union 105. <laughs> it's right up there with the Santas. <laughs> the union of McGruffs. We want we want fans in them trench coats. No rest. No rest until we get fans in the trench coats. Also, we want a clear delineation. Are we basset hounds or beagles? <laughs> what are we? What are we? God F- damn it. A fine question. I think we're basset hounds. Bloodhounds. We're bloodhounds? I think they're bloodhounds. Oh, great. And yeah. they want to be armed with t-shirt cannons. Yeah. He would be a bloodhound. Yeah. You guys remember Bloodhound Gang, right? I do. Yeah. Whenever the trouble, we're on the double. We're the Bloodhound Gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
If you got the crime, we, we got the time. time. We're, We're the Bloodhound Gang. That's okay. So not the band that does the bad touch. No, right? <laughs> the real blood. That's they were named after. I know this I, crime fighting brigade from Three Two One Contact. Precisely. That show. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a <clears throat> boy. All dating right. ourselves, listeners of a certain age. Dating uh, ourselves. Right. Great Space Coaster and the Ilk. Uh, news you don't give a shit about a uh, director. Uh, Wame Kole Sera, the director you attached say, you to, say that five times. Right. The director attached to Akira uh, opened up about his vision for the franchise in a really, uh, recent chat from coming soon. Uh, this is uh, this whole thing's a quote from him. I hope that I can bring strong characters. In the original source material, I don't think the main characters are the protagonists. What I'm hoping is to bring characters. Nobody's interesting. Uh, Tetsuo's interesting because weird shit happens to him. And is it Kaneda or Kanada? Kaneda. Kaneda. Kaneda is so two-dimensional. I mean, that's part of the Japanese culture. They never have strong characters. They're used. They're used as a way to. Who move. is this? This is the director it's, of the next the, Akira movie of the Akira the movie. The Japanese director of the Japanese, the, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the Japanese culture. They never have strong characters. Uh, they're used as a way to move other philosophy forward. So hopefully, in my version, that will be strong, and you'll have a story that happens in a world that will show a little bit of the mystery. Then, if you're interested, they'll make an Akira two and three, and then you can get deeper into it. I love the world. A lot of people love the world, so why wouldn't we indulge in it a little bit and see how it would be if it was real? Gross, like in a world fail, full of mystery, fail, epic like, fail. Like no. you say, I don't have to explain everything, but wouldn't you like to spend two hours in the world of Akira and follow a character and be like, "That's cool. That's what I want to offer." Is two hours in a world you can actually feel. Unquote. Fuck this guy. Uh, number one, Akira. Akira is not that great. It's exceptional, but it has its limitations, and it is definitely of its time. Like all great pieces of art, in a lot of ways. But th- this thing, he has no idea what he's got. He doesn't know what he's working <laughs> with. Yeah, especially when he. I, it always works out when you add characters to fiction. What the fuck, man? Yeah, he just wants... He, or when you talk about how bad the source material is. Yeah, he's it's, stupid. It, it sounds to me like they want to add toys to the line. Yeah, they want to add toys, and they want to add boobs. Toys and boobs. Toys and boobs to the Aren't line. Are boobs? No, I'm thinking of something There's else. no girls in that fucking movie. Yeah, you're There's right. like maybe one or two. There's I'm mixing one it up. super creepy girl, little psychic I'm, girl that's like looks like an elf. Yeah, I think I'm mixing it up with Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, no, no, no. no that, yeah, they're just going to get more, more toyatic. Whatever. Who cares? Let them do their thing. RoboCop got remade. What the hell? How did how'd that do, by the uh, way? I don't think. Did anybody, anybody, I didn't even realize it came out already. Right. Yeah, they kind of wow. I thought it. it comes out like in a week or two. Oh, yeah. it's coming oh, out. So, so, so it's not two. there yet. It's okay. not out yet, but I just read I thought some it was already out. I just read Harry Knowles talking like, hey, it's kind of got its own thing, which means it's the most terrible thing that ever happened. <laughs> that, that like, he, oh, he is so bad now at this point. Is he shilled? Oh, he, shill? is, he, is, he is just so... I haven't on, read him so long. He's so on the nuts of every fucking studio. He doesn't give bad reviews anymore. So if it's anything tepid or lukewarm really? in the least, it's like, run. It's gotta be just absolute dreck. He used to be known for giving yeah. the business. And now he is owned by those people and... <sighs> Totally doesn't care. He hasn't given a scathing review in forever. Forever. You, you probably have this in your list already, but did you notice what movie is kicking ass this movie, this week? I don't have it in my list. So the no. Lego movie. Uh, not everyone, surprised. I mean, really. That's 
how can that not be a hit? Well, well the thing it is, it could I mean, have been. It's 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 been really critically acclaimed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's okay. also been critically acclaimed. Okay, grown ups like it too. Make money. And uh, the trailer never did much for me, but the buzz is making me want to see it. I want to see it, man. I'm Lego maniac. I know a boy. His name is Zach. <laughs> he was smoking lots of crack. He got high and fell on his back. Zach, Lego maniac. Zach, smoking crack. Fell on his back, Lego maniac. No, you don't give a shit about a turtle. Huh? Zach a turtle? (laughs) Zach wishes he was a turtle. Don't you remember that commercial about Zach the Lego maniac? I remember Zach the Lego maniac, yes. That's Zach. Zach could afford all that shit. I know a boy. His name is Zach. He broke his sacrodiliac. Sacrodiliac? Yes. <laughs> Stop making up body parts. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. He tried to suck upon his sack. <laughs> and that is how he hurt his back. Zach. Zach. With a broken sacrodiliac. Zach. Zach. He'll never be able to tongue his sack. Isn't it? Not huh? Sacri- sacroiliac, not sacrodiliac. Yeah, right? you're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That was my Sarge from Red versus Blue. Stop making up animals. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a fun series. According to new data from App Data, I don't believe it. <laughs> Supercell's free-to-play action strategy game Clash of Clans uh, generates six hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars per day in microtransactions. That's $654,000 in daily revenue that comes from the purchase of add-on content, booster packs, and other forms of downloadable content. Uh, The game launched for iOS devices in 2012, made its way to the Android uh, operating system last year. Supercell has been on a marketing blitz with Clash of Clans on cable television networks with its new You and This Army commercial. Um, you might have seen it. It was on the goddamn Super Bowl, for God's yeah. sake. Well, I mean, if you're making I mean, that kind of money. I, and I, yeah, I looked up at it and going like, how is an iOS game doing a Super Bowl commercial? Now I know. Uh-huh. And knowing is half the battle. Well, between them and Scientology. So for those of us that are complete idiots, what kind of game is that? It is a tower defense slash build your army while other people try to knock down your fortress game. Wow, and that's... Because there's a zillion of those. So. But this one's really taken off. It has for a while. I mean, it's been, whenever you see on the uh, iOS games list, it's, it's like, like the top download five. forever. Number and it's certainly on the top of iOS. the uh, most money spent on section of it. I just Crazy. didn't realize that much. Wow. But uh, in fact, uh, Finnish creator Supercell sold a controlling interest in the company for $1.5 billion to SoftBank and Gung Ho last year. And of course, you know, $1.5 billion, gamers went, What? And, well, there you go. Yeah. Because apparently you get that in a few months. Wow. That's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. And it's it hurts a lot just because play to win, uh, pay-to-win games just really is a horrible, horrible trend. Well, I mean, you know, it's not that far off from Magic the Gathering. It's a rich boy's game. Which I you, hated that concept, too. You know I, I hated mean? the... the well, that's why Magic, we all, Magic, I, I think... I uh, blind booster thing. Right, and Magic, I think, has kindly modeled itself so that you can play it how you want. You know what I mean? If you're playing with your friends or you're playing with, you know, you don't have to play it with that kind of sick mentality. And then they've got these pre-constructed decks a little bit more as far as the physical card game goes. There is still that competitive element that you know is still going to find these rare cards that are did you guys see in the news just a couple weeks ago a guy got killed for all his cards yep, yep. 
No. You didn't yeah. see that one? Oh man, it was um crap. It was uh yeah, he was I mean, he was killed and then they dragged his body across the state lines of the FBI and then buried it buried it in their father's back two kids killed this guy, buried him in their father's backyard under a cement slab. Right. Just for his Magic the Gathering cards, which were worth something like ten grand. Thirty thousand, something. Thirty thousand. Like it was a lot. I'm sure Jeff's looking it up right now. Still. Yeah, it's it was crazy. Well, oh, damn. at least in the virtual world, you can't kill somebody for their cards yet. Yet. Bum, bum, bum. But yeah, the pay to win is gross. It is. Even pay to advance is gross. That would be is. the second thing people do with, with that kind of technology after having sex with the game is it's, kill people by well, doing yeah, terrible it, things to their And I'm telling you, I'm, feel, I'm feeling like just really skipping this generation of, of, of games. No, it just like, it, they're not learning their goddamn lessons yet. Yep, then they're learning the wrong lessons. Actually, right? so now they're being rewarded for their terrible behavior. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's like, well, we're going to give you the arcade experience at home a quarter well, every time you won't even touch the game. You can't really blame the games for that. It was in Florida. Can't what? Well, can't blame what? You can't blame the games for the for the murder. The murder was in Florida. Oh, no. okay. Yes. No. Okay, no. Yeah, no. I'm not. Bl- I'm not blaming for that. I'm blaming them just for the way that their the business models are being structured. No, now yeah, in that's, video a, games. that's a whole different. Yeah. Ain't nobody blame the game except for you know the NRA, <sighs> right? And they stabbed him. And uh, well. thank you, thank you for that. We get gig for his magic cards. Are you still looking it up? What are you doing? Are you paying to play? No, he just he just bought his phone. He's making he's, some he's kind of. Nice. I'm totally listening, he's but I had to do, do something before uh, he's before it expires. <laughs> What? One nine hundred Jenny. Are, are you refreshing? Yes, that's what it is. Are you refreshing your milk somehow? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing. He's refreshing his milk. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. His nut milk. Heyo, ball juice. <laughs> Marvel announced the newest member of the Avengers: Age of Ultron cast. Jeff is paying for porn on his phone. Well, you got to get that in under the wire. <laughs> in the, under the wire the, is the name of the porn that he's buying. Lord. The late fees are ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. That's the next one that he's buying. <laughs> British actor Paul Bettany will appear in the upcoming sequel, but not as Tony Stark's trusty A.I. Jarvis, which he voiced in all three Iron Man films and The Avengers, but as The Vision. Uh, mm. Vision is a character who's been rumored for the film ever since the bait-and-switch death of Agent Coulson in The Avengers. Some speculated that Coulson would make a return as the beloved android, and there were also rumors that Vin Diesel would tackle the role, uh, but the actor instead went on to become Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. In the comics, Ultron creates Vision as a tool of destruction, but Vision ultimately turns against him, becomes a hero. The Avengers Age of Ultron is scheduled to begin, begin production next month with shoots in England, Italy, South Korea, South Africa, and the U.S., and opens in theaters May 1st, 2015. So All I know, right. What, go ahead. Uh, I know what I've heard him in. What have I seen him in? Uh, what I remember him most as, as the albino character in the, uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's what I remember him most for. What? This is a piece from Rocket News. Oh. That I have to share. Oh shit! This is a this is a shout out from. Makes me so uh, nervous when you bring your shit from my, from my man uh, Rob. All right, so uh, Rocket News. The headline: Man in India viewed as God for his really long butt hair. 
They say Lord. America is the land of you opportunity. Should be nervous when this you bring was stuff. News but you India seems well on its way to taking that crown. Where else can a man acquire a group of followers for having a 14.5 inch tail of long hair growing just above his butt crack? Chandre Oran is a mild-mannered man making a humble living by picking tea for a nearby plantation. As a youth, he was often teased for his unusually long patch of hair on his lower back. Kids used to pull at it, and girls would refuse his advances because of it. Eventually, he was able to find a wife in 38-year-old Marino Oran, who was compelled to get married after her parents had passed away. Now 35, it's... 35 years old, it's been ra- a rather hard life for Mr. Oran and his bum hair. But then things began to take a turn <laughs> for the better. Bum hair. Word began to spread that he was a reincarnation of Hanuman, a Hindu god in the form of a monkey. Hanuman is a benevolent god and very powerful against demons. People worship him to expel evil spirits or negative energies from their lives. And so, people began visiting Oran from near and far in the hopes that his monkey-like hair tail can assist in removing misfortune. Other rumors began to grow that the West Bengal resident had superior tree climbing abilities and was born on the same day as the Hanuman ritual. Oran, rec- Oran currently offers blessings from a small shrine in an alcove in his home, but hopes that one day he can raise the money to build a proper temple. Mr. Oran's tail tale is an inspiration to other excessively hairy men out there. My armpit tufts alone can twist to braids good three inches in length. I've already gone through the childhood teasing and disgruntled wife phase. Worshippers should be just around the corner. Are go. you sure that's not from some poorly written onion and uh, knockoff? It's from Rocket News. There's a photo. There's a photo. And that's all you need. That's fantastic. Thank you for that's sharing. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is. It certainly is. Hanuman, everybody. Hanuman. Go see him today and let <laughs> touch his butt hair and get your misfortune taken. He's in Hanuman. It's Holy butt hair. Holy butt hair. <laughs> his butt, his holy butthole hair. But holy hair. It's almost a palindrome. It is but holy, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but his holy hair. It's not a pal. Could it be a? What is the other one? If it's not a palindrome. What's a it, Uh, what's the one? <laughs> Spoonerism. Everybody's making up words again. <laughs> Lapidrid. I caught I caught one of those in the in the dengue region of, of Pokemon. You found Lapidrid. Oh fuck. Better use my strong ball. <laughs> better. Back to the balls as always. Seth Rogen and Even Goldberg's preacher adaptation is moving forward. Did you call him Even Goldberg? I did. I did call him Even Goldberg. Evan Goldberg. Jesus Tried to Christ. slip it past you. Even. What? Even Goldberg is past. a part of this. <laughs> oh, now we're God doing a wrestling talk. Goldberg. Even Goldberg. Oh, man. Me and Ethan are going <laughs> to. Oh, man. Oh, boy. We're going on a project. Okay. Mm, yeah. South Reagan and Even Goldberg is. Uh, <laughs> South Reagan. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> South Reagan. Uh, Anyway, that preacher adaptation is moving forward. The TV series, which is based on the DC Vertigo comic, has finally gotten the official green light. AMC and Sony Pictures Television will produce the show, which will air on AMC Network. Back in 2008, HBO showed interest and eventually passed due to its harsh content. Screenwriter Mark Steven Johnson revealed that the network believed it was, quote, too dark, too violent, and too controversial, unquote. That's something coming from the home of True Blood, Boardwalk Empire, and Game of Thrones. In a joint statement, uh, 
Rogan Goldberg said, quote, we tried for seven years to work on Preacher, and we're so psyched AMC is finally letting us. It's our favorite comic of all time, and we're going to do everything we can to do it right. Humperdoo! Unquote. Uh, what? What was the quote? Humperdoo. Humperdoo. Yeah. That's a quote. For, it's, it's a Preacher thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, Sam Caitlin, who previously produced Breaking Bad, will serve as showrunner for the series. Uh, Preacher centers on Jesse Custer, a small-town, no-nonsense minister who goes on a journey to find God, literally. The Holy One has abandoned his heavenly duties, and Custer attempts to track him down. Meanwhile, he's joined on the road by an old girlfriend and a vampire. Uh, Custer also has a very special gift. He accidentally merged with a supernatural force called Genesis, which gives him the power that rivals God himself. Uh, on an interesting side note, uh, quoting journalist uh, Tom Spurgeon, quote, DC's media rights to Preacher expired. After more than a decade of trying to get this show going and failing miserably, they refused to re-sign media rights to Garth Ennis, which he tried to get back when Paul Levitz canceled the boys over its content, despite it being Wildstorm's only hit at the time. Within weeks, no kidding, of getting his rights back, Garth got Preacher to Seth and Even and AMC. <laughs> It's an interesting story. It might generate interest to other creator-owned DC titles, but it's actually a deterrent for them in retaining talent, since most of the folks Vertigo would publish all know one another and are aware of the happenings with Preacher, unquote. I so may, I so may soon have... after they lose the rights to Preacher, as far as DC is concerned, is when Garth's able to get it through. Oh, now, I, I may have blocked it out from the terror, but uh, South is not playing Preacher, is he? Not playing Jesse. Hmm? South is not playing Seth. Is not playing Jesse. No, I, 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 <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is just going to go on and on, isn't it? I got my own joke. Got um, your own joke, man. Uh, I doubt it very much. In he, fact, no, of course not. Could not. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. I think he he does. He knows he doesn't have the gravitas for it. That's no. what you would think about although, the Green Hornet. Oh, oh, there is a there is a such a there is a silly undertone to a lot of that comic book. That they might try and capitalize on some ways. I just hope he doesn't try to play hair star or anything. I don't. If, I think if he's going to be in it, it's going to be in a real small role. Right. I yeah. don't think he'll play one of the majors. He'll be a somebody that gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. Be good. So uh, I, I think they have they have that much respect. They have for a real it. they have a that's real hope. casting challenge ahead of them because that's those are some very iconic iconic creations. Yeah. They can do it though. Yeah, I'm glad uh, it's moving forward. AMC, I, I, there's really not a better home when it comes down to it. And showrunner for Breaking Bad, I'm in. Uh, I would have preferred the showrunner for Mad Men, but nope. I already got a story of where that one's going. Oh, here we go. Ooh. But that's probably not next. Uh, get it follow get it follow up because it's so connected. Is it so connected? It is. It is. And I got to thing is I got to read through all this and look for it. No, we'll get uh, to fine. it. Fine. Uh, fuck a wiener. Patience, Padawan. I have no patience, sir. Yeah. How long? Have you you didn't know that by now. <laughs> patience. <laughs> he was ADD before ADD was a thing. <laughs> uh, the folks at Disney are finally starting to release info on the animated series Star Wars Rebels, and the first protagonist has been revealed: uh, Kanan, or maybe Kanan. A, a gunslinger Jedi who is, quote, full of bravado and the Force, unquote. Kanan uh, has been on the run ever since the evil Emperor put out Order 66 during the prequel trilogy to try to take out all the Jedi. In the 14 years since Revenge of the Sith, Kanan has spent his days keeping a low profile with his lightsaber locked away. But he takes up his Jedi mantle once again with the crew of his ship, the Ghost, to do battle with the series' new baddie, the Inquisitor. 
Disney has signed Freddie Prinze Jr. to play the part. The Jedi or the Inquisitor? The Jedi. Freddie Prinze Jr. is going to play the Inquisitor? Yeah, no. The the oh, he's going to play the Jedi. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's where I was. That's fine. Whatever. So, eh. so that's where that's at. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, producer director Ken Kwapis will Google. develop. Kwapis. Kwapis. I'm back to Pokemon. Will develop mm-hmm. a limited series based on the book Red Shirts, which won the 2013 Hugo Award. Nice. Uh, search is underway for writers to pen the adaptation, with Kwapis set to direct the opening episode. If you haven't read the 2012 novel, you'll if you, uh, you'll know that Scalzi wrote the book from the point of view of. The Red Shirts, that is, security personnel who died almost as quickly as they appeared in Star Trek. Uh, the Red Shirts ran afoul lethal spars in Star Trek, a murderous, confused space probe, uh, the Kelvins, who turned them into chalky uh, dodecahedrons. In Red Shirts, they face off against Bogovarian landworms and an oblivious captain. Uh, but the characters in Red Shirts have one up on the crew of the Enterprise. They actually grow aware that they have a higher-than-average death rate. Uh, I read this book. It is a phenomenal book. It is a lovingly written deconstruction of star trek are they going to do this through paramount getting is it going to be an official no it's not it's not star it's not star trek it goes to great pains in the book to not be star trek okay we're at the same time it's obvious that it's star trek interesting hmm. somebody tried to do a series on youtube based off the book did they uh and i started to watch it and got distracted and i had to turn it off because something else more important was going on uh and <laughs> well, i never went back fan films they're great and they're, I, they're I never went back to it. Pieces of work. Some yeah. are. Some are. Some but are good. But yeah, man. some are great. Some some things actually. Some stones float. Chad in the world. Vader. I I think they I think they fall very heavily under Sturgeon's law. I was trying to watch that stupid uh, Our RoboCop remake the other day. Oh, that was painful. Oh, you mean the and I know it was intentionally made. Together yeah, that one I know it was intentionally made painful, but it was really painful to watch. There were one or two good segments throughout the whole, and it's two hours long, people. Ow. It is a two-hour long series of fan-made shorts to put together to, into the full movie. Like, like everybody tackles like a scene. Okay, one of those from the movie films by committee. Everyone's yeah, assigned exactly, a scene, and exactly. actors are different for absolutely piece you, to piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, I remember seeing a Star Wars like that. <laughs> the only one that I was thought was funny was the. Uh, the, the attempted rape one where he shoots the guy through the girl's skirt in the original movie. In this one, he stops multiple attempted rapes and is basically just blowing off everybody's wiener in the, in the scene. It's just, that sounds awesome. It's, it's goddamn ridiculous, but it is, it was probably, and it was probably the most well done. Looked almost exactly like All right. it How came do- right, it was plucked out of the movie. How like it was a deleted scene or something. Okay. Mm. Watch that shit. Highlight. That'll blow my Has mind. Has anybody crunched the numbers on the uh, mortality rate in the classic Star Trek? Someone has make- to have at this I'm point. Somebody right? else have done that, right? Yeah. Someone's done that work for us. See what percentage is of a guy who shows up with a red shirt and a guy who To the Google. There he goes. All right. He's off. Uh, while he's doing that, uh, Neil Gaiman's 2005 novel, Anasazi Boys. Oh, I say Anansi Boys. That's how you say it. Anansi Boys. Anansi Boys and An- the Hardy, Drew, Hardy Brothers. Anansi Boys and the Hardy Drew Mysteries <laughs> is being turned into a TV miniseries by the BBC itself. Uh, the book, which won the British Fantasy Award for Best Novel, follows a young man who discovers that he has a brother whom he had previously never known about, and that both of them are the sons of the West African spider god Anansi. Anansi or Anasazi? 
It's not Anasazi. Anasazi, Anasazi is, is South, Anansi. South uh, Anansi. Southwest American. And and, and uh, Anasazi is uh, Western American. You know, yeah. But this we don't. Anansi. A n a n s i. Anansi. Anansi. Okay. Uh, this is uh, the third Gaiman-related project to be unveiled in just the past few months. Uh, Gaiman's 2001 novel, American Gods, was picked up earlier this week by Fremantle Media, who are going to give a TV adaptation to go after a, uh, after it tried to go a few years collecting dust at HBO. And then, of course, there's the uh, great white whale of the Gaiman catalog, Sandman, which everyone in Hollywood has seen tried to make. Mm. And now uh, actor-director Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to take a stab I at it. do not like that book, Sandman. Really? Yeah. I really. I and I. I'm. I'm. I'm a believer. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Same here. I'm a. I'm too much of an art snob. I think. But you, the, you don't like the artwork that was in it, or yeah. the. Huh. That's interesting. I, I guess I, I can know. get that part because the art isn't that exciting until you get further into it. That but must the be early it. stuff is. Yeah, the early the stuff just really. It irked me. I don't know why. Uh, but the story was enough to drive it forward. Dreisberg, who did the first stuff? Huh. I, I but I mean, the covers are amazing on pretty much the whole series. Well, the covers won awards for goodness' yeah. sakes. Oh yeah, it I, I, the interior art was definitely not classic superhero stuff. It was definitely not classic. No, it's not. I mean, it's, I mean, it's different. But, but it was made in the earliest days of Vertigo, so you know that was. It was the beginning of Vertigo, at, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was the. I think they retconned Swamp Thing into it, but I think Sand might have been the first actual. They Vertigo did retcon. Title. Yeah, I think you're right. But, uh, but yeah, so they were trying a lot of different things, and, yeah, some of it didn't work. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you, are, do you guys want to know about the original series mortality rate? Nope. Yeah, yeah of no? course we do. All right. Um, apparently, somebody actually took the time to do a whole article in a magazine. Uh, Matthew Barcelo, who debunked the Red Shirt Curse for Significance magazine by mathematically breaking down the death rates by uniform of color characters on the original series, Star Trek. Simple pie chart reveals that 55 total deaths, and yes, red shirts perished in frightening numbers. A whopping 24 died, compared to 9 in yellow, gold command, and 7 in blue, with 15 crossing into the final frontier in unidentified colors. However, it's all a matter of perspective and percentages. There were 430 crew members aboard the Enterprise, 239 of them in engineering, security, or operations, and all wore red. So in reality, they had a decent survival rate. And it was basically, statistically speaking, courtesy of a little something called Bayes' Theorem. The folks in gold who were more likely to meet their maker. Here's Barcelo's concluding statement. Although Enterprise crew members in red shirts suffer many more casualties than crew members in other uniforms, they suffer fewer casualties than crew members in gold uh, uniforms when the entire population is considered. Only 10% of the entire red shirt population was lost during the three-year run of Star Trek. This is less than the 13.4% of gold shirts, but more than the 5.1% of red shirts. Interesting. Yeah. The numbers don't uh, lie. Interesting indeed. <clears throat> Unless you make them all. Yeah, because it says the red shirt, members, or, red shirt members of security were only 20.9% of the entire crew, but there is a 61.9% chance that the next casualty in a, is in a red shirt and a 64.5% chance this red-shirted victim is a member of the security department. It so goes on to be a little bit more uh, complex I, with yeah, the, the I math, think, that, but that breaks it down pretty down. easily. Uh, I, all the same, I don't think I'll join Starfleet in that color. Just saying. 
It says, oh, wait, this is the last little thing he says is, is a remaining shit, uh, red shirts operating. Remaining shit. Remaining shit. <laughs> remaining red shirts making up engineering and operations. <laughs> Stop making up words, everybody. <laughs> have only an 8.6% chance of being a casualty. So if you're in engineering or operations, you're safe. All right. Security is where you're now. Yeah. You yeah. sounded your just detail. avoid those run of the mill away trips. Does anybody here... no? Just avoid going with Captain Kirk on an away mission. That's yeah, really it's the the oblivious captain. You got to be careful of really. Yeah. Uh, anybody here do a decent iced tea impression? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Oh, well, I, I, I remember that. My iced tea impression. My iced tea impression is uh, is basically lifted straight off of. Uh, Special Victims Unit? No, no. Oh. What's his name? <laughs> like uh, he watches Special Victims Unit. Uh, I don't know. He's married. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul F. Tompkins does a wonderful iced tea on the Paul F. Tomcast as part of the uh, great unannounced project. Mm. I'm going to have you read project. this next story then. All right. Oh, All right. I, I, I read this. This was fantastic. Did you yeah. guys hear about this? Yeah, this K read it. it was so good. All right. Rap legend turned TV star Ice-T recently turned up for an audio book gig without being told what the book actually was. They didn't tell me this was a motherfucking Dungeons and Dragons book. <laughs> Figu- figuring he'd just be turning up to read a book and confused as to his perp- as to his surprise role, what happened next, as recounted on Ice- Ice's own podcast, is the best. Here's some of his recollections from the two days he had to spend in the recording booth. Son, it took me like 3.5 hours to read 25 pages. Motherfuckers talk like Yoda. This shit is Im- impossible to me. Pegasus, Pegasi, what the horses with the wings banking to the left. This shit is crazy. This motherfucker got a sword that talks to him and shit. Motherfuckers lived in places that don't exist. Let me read some porno or something. I know about that. It's not suitable for work, but the whole opening section of the podcast is worth a listen. It's just a shame that it ends on a sour note. Ice threatening his agent never to book him for another D&D gig again. I, I want to listen to this uh, audiobook. Yeah. I really yeah, do. No well, and, and you should listen to the Pod F Tomcast, The Great Undiscovered Project. Really funny shit. Ice-T, Cake Boss, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, <laughs> who else does he have? Um are these impressions or people these he's are, had on the show? These are impressions. <laughs> okay. But these these are the people that are involved in this project. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Laverne and Shirley's Squiggy? dad. No. Who's the dad? Oh, the, produce, the producer DeFazio, director dad. DeFazio, no, uh, the producer director dad in real life. Oh, Gary oh, Marshall. Uh, Gary yeah. Marshall is one of the characters in the in the mix. Um, a couple others. It's just outrageous. These really funny. Uh, impressions that he does of all these characters meeting oh, each other. His cake boss is off the hook too. I'm really going cool. back to my thrilling adventure. Our pod, yeah, you know, Tompkins is one of the regular cast members of that. Um, Greg Proops does a unicorn on that one, right? I, I think he's been on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not regular, but uh, yeah, um, the pansexual unicorn. It's, a, it's an amazing cast on it. I mean, they have mm. uh, Nathan Fillion shows up, yeah. and uh, uh, what's her name who played Velma? Linda Cardellini. Cardellini is on it a lot, and Linda Cardellini. Knock me right out with that. No, one. actually, she actually does a wide wide range of voices. Actually, I just listened to her doing a British accent that I didn't realize was her until I heard the credits. I feel about her like Paul feels about Neelix. How funny! I, I got what, what, what show did she disrupt for you? Uh, Freaks and Geeks. You know what? I take it back. 
That's not who I'm thinking of. Yeah, she's fine. I take it back. She's who you're thinking of. Someone else. Who am I thinking of? I I was gonna say because I remember you raving Uh, about the the British chick that starred in Mallrats. Oh, you're thinking of (laughs) Claire Forlani. Claire Forlani. You hate Claire Forlani? Yeah. Those are different people. Very different yeah, people. Very different people. Sorry. One American, Carlini, one British. you're fantastic. I one a good actor. Continue the great work. One good actor, one not so good. Claire Forlani. Claire Forlani. Oh, I, oh. She floats my boat, though. What? I, she's not the best actress, but... she Okay, oh, she, yeah, she looks great, but God damn it. Dancing in with myself. Yeah, oh, you're, it's, it's just a fine example of, shh, just let me enjoy myself. Right, yeah. Talk, could you just not talk? Just be quiet. You wouldn't you kick her out of bed for acting like Neelix? I wouldn't kick her out of might. I might. That might be one toke over the line right there. That could be my breaking point. Jesus. Her American accent is pretty awful, too. Yeah, I gotta what are you going to do? I just wish uh, it was as it's better than her acting. Well, she hasn't done anything in a long time. It's not like she's still getting crazy work and everybody yeah, has to do her. She has been working quite a bit. Yeah. In what? In television, well, there you movies, go. Well, et cetera. Her. Good for her. No. Not Dungeons really. and Dragon yeah. novels. Good for her, bad for us. All, All right. right. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> She's been reading a lot of Dungeons and Dragons novels, man. <laughs> I did she listen got- to that podcast. It's pretty special and it only talks about for like three minutes yeah it's like i can't believe it man they had me reading this stuff about here comes a vampire bat but it's not a vampire bat it's actually a monster i'm like get out of here i don't know i don't know nothing nothing about this shit hey what is it a dragon shit fuck a dragon i don't know about a dragon and it had to take one of his scales and make it into a sword please it's a deep, deep nerd. It's shit. a bunch of deep nerd shit. It's all it's stuff. It's all make believe. I don't know nothing about that shit. It's all pretend. See, that's a different version than the version Commander K read to us. The, the line I remember from Commander K saying is, that, "Yeah, he, I am gonna finish it though because you know I got the." Yeah, he, was, he was he was saying definitely gonna finish it. You know, because he got paid. Contracted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, he'll finish it. Yeah, it's a job. Mm-hmm. He's still an actor. Okay. Okay, he's still iced tea. <laughs> uh, producer Joel Silver has revealed plans to make a trilogy of films rebooting the Escape from New York franchise. Uh, not only will the reboot be a trilogy, but will also be a prequel to John Carpenter's 1981 classic sci-fi flick. Here's what Joel Silver told Collider. Quote, there was a video game that came out a few years ago called Arkham City which shows how when Gotham became this kind of walled prison and and then how it became the walled prison. But they never deal with that in the story of Escape from New York, so part of our idea was to kind of see how the city became this walled prison and how the Snake Pilskin's character was a hero and how he... Snake Pilskin, Pilskin. he said. (laughs) We've had this joke before. Rumpelpilskin. (laughs) Rumpelpilskin, yeah. Snake Pilskin (laughs) was a hero and how he became uh, not looked at as a hero, unquote. He also added that, and then in the middle of the story would be the movie that we, you know, previously saw about the president's daughter goes down, he has to go in and get her, and then, you know, they did a sequel, Escape from L.A., but I would like to kind of find a way to have New York to go back to a place that we'd like to see it is today. I'm Whatever. dubious about his ability to pull that off. Very isn't he, dubious. Isn't he the guy, who's he? He's Joel Silver produced half the movies you know. Right, yeah. he's the guy who was Barbra Streisand's hairdresser, right? No, 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 no. no. That's no. you're thinking of. Uh, uh, that was the guy that's going to do Superman. That's, right. Yeah. Uh, no, that, not what that. What is his okay. name? I can't remember. 
Uh, uh, Silver, I think, produced uh, Matrix originally. Right? No, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, What's yeah, I know him. I can see him now. You're absolutely right. What's he done lately, too? Silver? That's, she's yeah. been done goddamn more things than you realize. Okay. Yeah, he just seems like I had Every time I look up this news, it seems like every three months I got Silver's. Yeah, name he's a mover on. shaker, okay. that's for sure. Mm. Nobody produces more than Silver. Mm. Uh, this is a weird story, but okay. Online retailer Amazon has acquired Killer Instinct creator Double Helix for an undisclosed amount of cash. The Irvine, California-based company that created Killer Instinct for the Xbox One console was founded in 2007 through a merger of The Collective and Shiny Entertainment. Quote, Amazon has acquired Double Helix as part of our ongoing commitment to build innovative games for customers, unquote, the company said in a statement to TechCrunch. This acquisition also throws fuel to the speculative fire about Amazon planning to launch a set-top box home console system later in the year capable of playing games and streaming video content a la its Amazon Prime service. Is this what they're doing in those giant floating warehouses? Yeah, they put game designers in there. It's, you know, it keeps down the property value. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, they're buying uh, game companies. The weird thing is that game is not done yet. And uh, Helix, Killer Instinct. And, and Microsoft says they are still continuing to support it. They're going to still support it, but yeah. not. But but Helix is they're done away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird story. It's going to be a broke-ass mm. game real soon. Might be. Mm, has to be. Well, what's uh, what is Microsoft's studios? What have they really done? Well, I just heard that Age of Empires Online. Right. I just heard that Microsoft. Well, they're the has publisher a for a lot of companies. They're publisher, yeah, yeah. But but as far as a studio, they designed Age of Empires Online, massive right. failure. Uh, their last uh, flight simulator, again, a massive failure. Um, yeah, Microsoft did you, did you hear? Uh, like, did you hear the new boss of Microsoft? There was a story about him wanting to crush the Xbox division. He wanted to kill the uh, the Xbox division and the the uh, Surface stuff. He wanted to get rid of it. He's putting some pressure. Uh, I know they got the new guy, but I haven't heard anything about this. That's what I heard. I heard that. Well, I mean, I'll, of course, also that the stockholders want to get it. Wanted to happen. Conjecture, too. conjecture, but I don't know. That Xbox, the, that Xbox the, One is a joke. The whole, in my the whole genesis behind that story was they were looking at spinning it off into another company, be, into a separate company from Xbox, Microsoft, its own thing, because it's profitable and because it's successful and because it's hardware, as opposed to Microsoft, which in and of itself is a software company. Yeah. What is happening now is the new head of Microsoft, it has a background in both software engineering and hardware engineering so the thought is that because he is not grounded in this kind of well what part of the reason steve ballmer left is because he felt like he was holding the company back because that merging of software and hardware as a company is what microsoft needs to do in the future instead of being a solely software company so ballmer felt like he was holding the company back and they needed a ceo that had an understanding of both of those aspects of what the future of technology is going to be. So that's what this new guy is bringing to the table. Now, will they spin off the Xbox, you know, division? Who knows? Right now, it's worth it for them to keep it in this stable because you have um, that division who has both software engineers and hardware engineers working together. And if Microsoft does go forward and starts making like, 
its own tablets like it's doing with the Surface and other devices, you know, a la what Apple does. They're going to need people with those kinds of experience. So for now, Xbox is not going anywhere. All right. At least that's what I've read on multiple blogs, what I've gleaned off of interview after interview. I pay very close attention to this stuff. I, you know, this band's all tech. I am, I am a huge tech head. For those that don't know, and I read oh, a lot of stuff about this stuff every single day. And I was concerned about that too because so it's more more it's, along the lines of the possibility of a separation of it, Xbox and it Microsoft. wouldn't not it wouldn't stop being a Microsoft product. Yeah, it, would, it would just be, be its it. own company. Got it. Sort of separate from the rest of the company. It would be like owned by Microsoft. But it would be run completely separate of the rest Which of I don't Microsoft. Which would be such a bad thing. No, no it, it, it really wouldn't. I just, I just looking at it right now. <coughs> what are we? Four months in? Two months in? Two months in? Yeah. Only two? Really? Yeah. When did it come out? Came December? out the end, end of November. Of November. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got to give it its time. Yeah, but it's. Well, Todd and I were just can, talking about this you, you the other can only day. Assess this a year from now, really. Right by December, we, I, you know, he and I both agree on this. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You go but ahead. Put we were talking mouth. about this the other day. I think we both agree that by December, these consoles are going to be really, really, really good. Like software updates are starting to hit where there's they're addressing a lot of the things that that yeah. uh, that people have you know given them feedback because people are giving them feedback and they're not being like totally like mean and belligerent about it they're giving positive feedback in addition to saying here's things that w- that definitely need improvement and microsoft and sony are both listening yeah i mean and they're not like begrudging begrudgingly listening they're not going <laughs> oh fine we'll fix like, it they're like, like they were at okay E3? huh like they were at e3 yeah exactly it, like now they're like okay good great we're getting feedback so now we know what to do with the next major software update and then well, the one after that. It also that. helps that they're both very successfully selling consoles. Oh, my God, yes. They've so, been selling really well, far greater than either company had anticipated. So when you have that base and that growth, you're going to get good things because people are going to build for it. Is this maybe more than you've said in the last six months? I'm impressed. It's nice. It's, it's, I like it. This, it's, this cast has been Jeff shining. I know. <laughs> When Paul's well, not I mean, beaked out on Neurobliss and uh, Red Bull. <laughs> well, so half the time it's hard for me to get a word in when I do have something to say, but <laughs> but when it's an area that I'm very knowledgeable about, then boom, you know, he's there. I yep. feel like I can, you know, con- you know, I can contribute. So. You are on it like a bonnet, man. Well, it's, it's <laughs> things that I've been reading a lot about read, recently. A lot about bonnets. Know. No, not bonnets. Oh. Although I did grow up in Kansas, so I am. Very, very knowledgeable about bonnets. Okay, Holly Hobby, I got you. Actually, I was thinking more like Little House on the Prairie because oh, okay. there was a lot of bonnets in that. There and was. then when you have Kansas Day, which is the state's birthday, like all the girls are wearing bonnets, all the oh, okay. guys are wearing the cowboy hats, and but not who like the fuck remembers Holly Hobby. But not like the strawberry. Right. Not that. Not the like the the the. The cowboy hats most people are familiar with, more like the straw, like what a farmer would wear. Right. So is it, is this so deep that hey, Sunbonnet Sioux is a thing out there? Probably. Yeah. Okay. That's a quilting thing. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, let's talk some casting on that Gotham TV show. Uh, <laughs> I think I've, I've read this one that you're about to. The new James to. Gordon has officially been cast. Uh, it's Ben McKenzie, uh, star of The O.C., and was that on the show or was that for the uh, for the movie? I thought Gotham. No, I thought Ben McKenzie was the, was was cast for the for the new movie. 
for the new Batman movie. Oh, am I? Am I looking at this wrong? Maybe I am. That's what I heard. Uh, well, no, wait a second. Uh. No, because they wouldn't have announced this part of it here. No, this oh. is definitely a TV show. This okay. The, yeah. Star- well, I still heard it was a stinky poo move. Ben McKenzie, star of the OC. So the OC. I know him very well. We yeah. watched the shit out of the OC when I was first dating and, my wife. Uh, and he's also now in uh, Southland. The things men will do for sex. Right. Uh, officially landed the oh. role of Gordon over the weekend, James Gordon. The uh, role of Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> On Gotham will be played yeah, by English actor and son of third doctor, John Pertwee, Sean Pertwee, uh, whom you may have, may have uh, recently seen as Lestrade in the CBS series Elementary. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wait, oh, CBS Elementary. Yeah. Not, oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of the the Sherlock from no. BBC. Okay. No, we're not that good. According to TV Guide, Pertwee's Alfred will be a, quote, tough-as-nails ex-Marine from East London, unquote who sees it as his, as his duty pr- to protect young Bruce after the death of his parents. Uh, next, we have The Penguin, who will be played by Robin Lord Taylor, the actor who we last saw last year in The Walking Dead, season four episode, Indifference, uh, if you were the couple with the fruit in season four. That should spike it. You'll know it. Nope. If, uh, I do, yeah. Because you haven't gotten that far. Uh, Taylor's Penguin will uh, reportedly differ a good deal from the classic comic book incarnation. Rather than a Gotham aristocrat who's far less crazy than many of Batman's other foes, this Penguin will be a, quote, low-level psychopath and gangster, unquote, who is polite but also possesses a sadistic lust for power. Casting the Penguin was a more low-level, as a low, more low, uh, as a more low-level criminal rather than a high-society outcast. It's not without precedent in the pages of DC Comics, but this description sounds like we could be getting a savage new incarnation. Mm. Uh, two other key roles have also been filled. They're not quite as high-profile. Aaron Richards from Being Human UK and Breaking In has been cast as emergency room doctor Barbara Keane, uh, Gordon's fiance, and uh, while actress uh, Sabrina Govara has been cast as Captain Essen, Gordon's boss at Gotham PD. Hmm. So that's the cast. I think the Alfred Commando thing actually may have some roots in the comics. I think that might have been one of the lines they went into at some point. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if I have an opinion on it, but that's what it is. So I don't know these actors all yeah, that well. Yeah, I was well. going to say, I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't know. Of, you know I, I thought I knew it until you said elementary, and I've only seen... Like three episodes of Elementary, and I don't think I've seen any with, with uh, Lestrade in it. Mm-hmm. And but, that was on an airplane, so I don't know. Yeah. But an interesting thing that he's a descendant of a Doctor Who. Yeah. From the yeah, loins yeah. of. Uh, and uh, Paul should love this. Game-focused video streaming service Twitch is now one of the five most popular destinations for U.S. Internet users, according to an infographic published by Wall Street Journal. Twitch ha- was fourth... In peak U.S. internet traffic share, that's 1.8%, for the week ending February 3rd, 2014. The only services or companies ahead of Twitch were Netflix, Google, and Apple. Twitch finished ahead of some pretty popular destination like Hulu, Facebook, Amazon, and Valve. Quote, we are working overtime to scale our infrastructure to keep pace with the growth of community, and that's no small task. Uh, thanks to all of you and your voracious appetite for gaming video, we're really playing in the big leagues here, and we mean to step up, unquote. I watched the shit out of it. I know. You are a Twitch head. Watching uh, the I run can't... back, watching uh, stuff out of uh, Super Arcade, El Gato Gaming, Thursday Night Throwdown. 
Um, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I mean, if you're if you're a fighting game enthusiast, it's a dream come true. It's it, for me, it's like being able to go hang out at a local arcade and watch good players again. It's just really really fun, and and it's just wonderful bra- background noise. It's also serving. It's in my opinion, it has replaced game journalism. It has supplanted game journalism. Because whether they know it or not, a, a whether, true play whether, of yeah, whether, opinion. Whether they know it or not, it has replaced game journalism. Not only that, not only has the it replaced it because you're seeing just the game play, and so you can watch it and you can truly just go, hmm, never would I play this game, or piques my interest a little bit. And you're getting the opinions of the people right there and then. But generally also, it is very democratic in so much as uh the games that are popular are ranked and you can, you know, especially like on the, the, um, uh, Xbox app of Twitch, you only see the first hundred games. And so, you know, but then the other thing about it too, the democratic side too, which is great is that a really strong, good personality can push a game. Yeah. And so there are a lot of channels that are just, guys who you know there's a lot of that bullshit out there was that pewdiepie i guess the yeah. big guy and all he does is say pussy hole and bullshit he and, does let's yeah, plays on youtube yeah garbage but but there are a lot of interesting people playing interesting games and classics turning people on to these games that they haven't played before and just really fun just you know going back watching people play through resident evil 2 just you know speed run heaven for those of you who don't know, speed runs people trying to complete a game in the shortest amount of time possible, mm-hmm. using all kinds of tricks and techniques, and so some of those are fun too. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a good site. Going back to something you said at the beginning of that, the background noise. Mm-hmm. I'm just picturing it's like a ten by ten platform raised up about six, seven, eight feet in the middle of an arcade. The little staircase going up to with your bed in the middle of it, you sleeping peacefully in the middle of a. Video arcade. <laughs> it's not the image. said that. I would, I would sleep like a baby. It's low. I go to sleep to Transformers every night. That's what I'm watching now. Just I just explains must, a lot, huh? Explains a lot. Yeah. I just don't have the reverence for Twitch that you do. I I don't know if I'm just not watching the right channels or what. I, I literally gave up on it because if, well, I've I on my laptop. You're I, watching you know, it through your laptop. Times. Number one. So you have a lot more to choose from, and it's a sure. lot harder to filter out. Because it's just like everything that I... There's a ton of bullshit on there. Yeah, I was going to say, everything I've come across has just been annoying people right. that, There's you know, a ton of that. There's a ton of that. And even in the fighting game stuff, there's some stuff where I'm, I'll be watching, and then, and then certain characters come on, on as the commentators, and I'm like, nope, I'm not watching you. This, this clown called Aerith, who came up a couple years ago, he was... He had this really gross uh, thing where he was just deriding female players at some tournament. Oh, you, that guy! That guy. He's yeah. still around. That asshole. And he can he can be funny, but I just he's just gross. And so I, I just I, I switch I tune him out. But he only he only commentates on games I could give a damn about anyway. <laughs> he's commentating on Virtual Fighter Four, and I'm like, yawn. Oh, okay, right. Like, oh, that's fine. No, I'm a, I'm a Street Fighter guy. Um, been watching a lot of Killer Instinct too, and but Jeff, keep looking for the for the channels where there's nobody talking. All right, I'll, find a I'll game you like looking. and there's nobody talking. Um, you know, it just depends on what you're looking for. The classic speed run stuff with old Nintendo games is really fun, right? 
I saw a really great channel the other day where these guys were doing uh, Mega Man X2. Four guys at once playing it. It's like it takes about a half hour for the, to go all the way through the game if you're like hardcore, you know, forty minutes or so. And all four of these guys were playing at the same time, and so they were they were friends. So it was fun hearing the banter. Now I could only see one of their channels. I'm sure if I was on my PC, I could have opened up to four boxes and been able to see all four of the runs simultaneously. But I could only I could watch one run and then hear the commentation commentary from the other two other four three guys. Uh, going through it, I, yeah. It's not me. I don't. I, I can't watch those. I just, my my kids watch them all the time. And I'm like, okay, not for you, right? Yeah, no. I mean, it, and, but again, for me, it's uh, it's still background noise for the most part. It's not something I'm wrapped with. But uh, but but some of those Street Fighter matches I do watch intently, and I I'll tell you, it's funny watching as much Street Fighter as I have. Just watching it has made me a better Street Fighter player mm-hmm. at that convention. Now, granted, I was going Shoto Scrub and playing Ken, but I cleaned the house. A couple of people that came up and challenged me. I was like, <laughs> "Hell good. yeah!" You know, and a and a broke ass cabinet stick too. You know what I mean? So, not very. Not Taught those eleven year olds what for? Oh no 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 no! These gentlemen were in their twenties. <laughs> you just talked about you just mentioned Mega Man a second ago. I just I read an interesting article on the, the creator of Mega Man, Kenji Inafune. Yeah. About him, just mighty like number nine, up and leaving Capcom after twenty three years mm-hmm. of. Cause I didn't just, know that happened. Just he oh just boy, they beat him. Well, he like never a dog. really like he's never really addressed why he left, other than he wants to become a publisher himself now, like make games that he wants to make. As you know, the story to, of the new game, the one that he's working on now, mighty yes. number nine. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Capcom his, went ahead and made Mega Man Nine and Mega Man Ten without really his input very much. They just kind of. Did their own thing. He had a little, but not, yeah. So Mighty Number no. Nine is basically his answer to where he would have continued to take the Mega Man series yeah. uh, if he'd been given more free reign. Because yeah, they kind of forced him to stay on point with. Uh, well, they uh, promoted him to like chief of. Yeah, like, yeah. They took like, him out of the he trenches. Like, he had like ten different so games. Way that he more was in responsibility, of, and he his and big he was thing, just like nope. Yeah, Dead I'm Rising. Wrong. The first two Dead Risings, he had a big yeah. hand in. But not his not his favorite thing, yeah. So he finally got out. And but yeah, he has his own company happier. now, and he's doing Mighty mm-hmm. Number no. Nine, and he's doing some other game that I. It's 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 like a it's gonna be a big game that he's co-producing with Sony for the PS Vita, and I can't for some reason think of the name of the game right now. Right now but he says the only downside is that Sony is going to outright own all the characters for this game, even though they're developing it. But at the same time, he's feeling like they're actually getting to do what they. They want to do with the game. So, mm-hmm. anyway, He's brilliant. Sci-Fi is developing a series around the acclaimed future-set war comic DMZ. The comic, created by Brian Wood and Ricardo uh, Perciali, ran from 2005 to 2012 on DC's Vertigo imprint. It was set in a new, near-future version of Manhattan, following a young man trapped in a demilitarized zone, hence the name DMZ, in the wake of a second American Civil War. The small screen adaptation is being developed for by Gravity producer David Hyman, uh, along with uh, longtime Mad Men executive producers Andre Amir and uh, Maria Jacometon. Ah, it comes back around. That's where it came back to. The uh, comic was an edgy alt-future take on war. The plot followed the battle between the federal government of the United States of America and the secessionist groups that make up the Free States Armies. DMZ was a great comic. I really enjoyed that. So I guess I missed that one. Sounds good. In good hands, this could be a really good show. 
on sci-fi makes me nervous but hey yeah. it's in good hands and I, sci-fi i watched uh that was actually another geeky thing i did last week was i watched dread and i was really impressed with it dread is a good movie yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why i missed the fact that it was good I mean, I, I, carl I, urban kills it i i think people judged it on the earlier dread film or just the people our age uh based on the fact Last fucking Judge Dredd, not that, uh, not that great. And the younger generation don't really know all that much about Judge Dredd. So it well, he, had two things going against it. And the story it. was nice and simple. The story was nicely yep. contained. That's The uh, only thing is if you saw uh, the Raid Redemption. Yes, it's the, pretty much the same pretty thing. much lifted it, but it's okay. It's good. Well, that's what Carl Urban talked about at the Star Trek convention this last year, was that part of the reason they did Dredd the way they did was it was meant to be a one-off, you know, self-contained so that, you know, they could address, you know, a story with Judge Dredd in it and hopefully not have anybody associate it with the original film. Exactly. And also, you know, if it was well enough received, they would do another one. Now, and apparently it's, like, the in DVD the theaters it didn't do too well, yeah, but when it went to... Oh, I was, no, no, was going to say, when it went to, like, Blu-ray, it sold insanely well. Like, DVD and Blu-ray, the sales were off the chart, yeah. as, as also, uh, like, finally got out of instant, it, right? yeah, instant streaming and, and purchasing, like, through Xbox well, and, and it, PlayStation. It was kind of early in the Blu-ray thing, too, and some of the visuals no, on that. No, it was wasn't. only a couple of years ago. Well, but, Not even a couple of years ago. It was, it was last year. It was yeah. last year, but, it's th- but this is where the adoption rate is still coming up. It's not, we're not, there's still more DVDs than there are Blu-rays out there as far as like you're talking about players yeah yeah, players players, yeah but 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 it's the thing about that movie was it had some visuals that are expressly enhanced with the blu-ray oh yeah they're really high stuff yeah Yeah. really really yeah shot shot but even on dvd it sold really really well bought it on dvd uh, (laughs) but but yeah the point was that it's it sold so well the studio is like hmm Maybe we need to do another one. So he said he doesn't have any further details on that at the time. This was, you know, September of last year. But uh, he said odds are good there will be another one. And hopefully he'll get to reprise the role. I so. enjoyed no, him the, in it. The point of my bringing it up is that it's, I mean, the look of that sounds like kind of what they go with this DMZ thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I got gotcha. you. Uh, it sounds yeah, like it the same be. kind of feel. Could very well be. Yeah. Which was fine. It was great. But yeah, pick up Z- DMZ. It's in trades. It's fantastic. How many uh, trades is he? Anybody is it? It lasted what? Where it's been from what? Two thousand five, two thousand twelve. So you probably five, five or seven, five or seven trades, something like that. Yeah. Instead of testing your piloting skills like the last Starfighter, Genes in Space—that's G-E-N-E-S—entrust uh, you a much more important job: curing cancer. Researchers at Cancer Research UK have decided that a possible solution for the need of extra eyes to look over mountains of cancer gene data is by putting it in the steady, nimble fingers of gamers. It improves on the premise of folding at home, which allowed the computers and the PlayStation 3 systems of regular people to help crunch cancer data in their downtime. Uh, The game takes a much more active approach, though, as the data in your gameplay accomplishes a similar human data analysis to what the researchers do. When you're charting your course, playing the game, and you are literally looking over cancer research data and sending your findings back to help save lives. It's available at for uh, iOS and Android, so you might as well go cure cancer. I was in Vancouver this summer at a science museum, 
and they had a little uh, video game that was uh, the sperm trying to get to the egg, and it embarrassed the hell out of my kids to be playing it. <laughs> I can't wait for the sequel. Oh, it they em- left. It embarrassed your kids. Oh, or yeah. embarrassed you. No, that was I was happily playing, trying to trying to beat the video game. The kids were like. <laughs> <laughs> They walked away pretty quickly. How do you think you Stop were having born? the microscopic sex. <laughs> oh, shit. Let me tell you about my joystick. It's a tough game, man. You can throw those antibodies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only the strong survive. Bodies. What do you survive? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it for this show. Ooh, I... Yeah. Yeah, you're dragged, man. Yeah, you look like hell. You're half I, asleep over I, there. I, you didn't I don't, your neuro bliss well, today. Well, I didn't, I didn't hit my caffeine craziness today. I, I'm a little hungry. I haven't had a lot to eat. Why you just ask me? I got Red Bull in the fridge. I should have. Well, just grabbed one good. in the middle. I just, I've just been pushing really hard this week. Just like salt and pepper. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've got the Red Bull been. promo girls coming in to work What'd all the I time. Do? And Thursday, they I did something. That's great. On Thursday? Thursday. No, but I mean, like, besides just work, I had another thing in the evening and Friday, too. You've been a busy guy. It's It's been a very busy week. It's been good. I'm happy about it, but yeah. Well, because the potential is is great, right, if any of these things worked out. Uh, all this, I mean, things are going. I'm. I'm it's good, but yeah, I'm just... Really tired. We just and, get to call this the episode that Jeff got to talk. Right. Well, and then I, <laughs> I'm yes! coming up on uh, coming up on some more work tomorrow, which is rare. I, I Wednesdays I try and keep my Wednesdays free, so I have one day to kind of just recoup. And uh, I got to go to work tomorrow, but it's cool. It's good. I'm glad to be busy. Glad to be busy. I get to go see wrestling this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Going to go to see the taping of Raw. I'm conflicted. Are you gonna wrestle that? Guy from the Looney Tunes with the big flower on his the head. Hell? Nope, not that guy. Marvin the Martian. No, he's no. talking about the wrestler in that classic That's Bugs you and Bunny. Me wrestle. That Bugs ah, Bunny classic. Oh, that guy. Um, no, there's a obscure pop culture reference. So, just to briefly, very briefly, touch on the wrestling thing. Uh, CM Punk is no longer there. He left. Yeah, and he was a big you're part of the reason I wanted to yeah. go see the show. I see. And now it's just now you're thinking no and protest. No, it's just well, it's dumber and not no. But I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a sign that says no punk, no peace. <laughs> I'm gonna take nice. that with me to the to the show. So yeah, because you know everybody takes their cardboard signs. Yeah, so no punk, my, no peace. That's my plan. No punk, no peace. Yeah. Uh, until then I'm Master Torgo I'm the famous Paul 80's Jeff I'm just fact checked Andy and I think I lost the other guys in the cushions <laughs> Ooh, uh, don't leave them there I like oh, coins and oh, Torgo's candy yeah. lost in the cushions Torgo's got so much candy in those cushions <laughs> oh, you have no idea oh candy I get hungry and I can just dig yeah and brought home some candy I, I tore through I had a uh, yeah, seeing that, I didn't bring my candy either. I didn't have nope. my sugar fix. Nothing. You, I have my... You brought out water. I brought a water. You pulled out water. I've been teaching and doing shows. And you, bought a, you brought a dragging ass is what you brought. <laughs> I did bring a dragging ass. Well, and then also, I guess, like, I guess that flu bug shit is still out there crazy. I'm not feeling sick, but I think maybe I'm just... My system is just... Don't complain about no flu. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not fine. Fina. I just need to go get... A nice Blame it meal. on the rain. Yes, a nice, go get meal, a nice, nice meal, nice meal, and go to bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds like a fine fill my plan. gut and hit the hay. Me too. Ooh, what a party! This is our, this is our
Oh, you fuck. Help me take a bite out of crack.